Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or those of you that are listening on our podcast. It's an honor to have you. Hope Covenant, can we give a round of applause for those that are watching and listening? And I say this every week. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, I want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Awesome. Hey, I want to encourage you to be expressive this morning, be excited this morning, because the Word of God is living and it's active and it's alive. And I believe that there's a message that will be forever life-changing. Let's just pray. Father, I seek you. We seek you together. Where two or three are gathered in your name, it says in scripture, there's power in that. And so we just gather right now and we ask you for a divine encounter. We don't believe any person is here by accident, but God, we ask you to speak to us this morning. We ask you to change us this morning and fill us with life and energy this morning that we can go about the week with a different perspective. And and Father, that we would be forever changed is our goal in in a good way. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, we just say whoop, whoop. Awesome. That's our that's our Holy Ghost Amen here at Hope Covenant Church. Um, y'all were worshiping this morning. It was a, it was an honor to have everyone here. It is an honor to have everyone here. And I want to thank you guys for just going deep this morning. It was a really special morning. I felt the presence of the Lord, and I believe He's here. And I want to discuss the topic of navigating spiritual ruts. We all we all deal with this. We don't oftentimes like to admit this. But the reality of it is at different spots in our journey, we can get into ruts. Sometimes it's the repetition of life. Sometimes it's challenges that we're dealing with, things that are coming at us. Anybody just this week have anything that came at you this this week? Anything, any challenges? Or is it just me? I know I'm probably not the only one in this room that deals with that. In Revelations 1, the Apostle John gets a vision and, and paints a word picture of Jesus. And in Revelation 2 and 3, there are, there are seven letters that are written to the current churches of the time. I want to take a look at Revelation 2, which is written to the church of Ephesus. Revelation 2, verses 1 to 4. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I want to stop right there. So there's, there, there's a noticing here, and in this letter, uh, speaking to the perseverance, the ability to press through. I don't know about anybody here, but oftentimes I'm pressing through some things that are behind the scenes that nobody knows, and I've got my God smile on right here, but on the inside, I'm dealing with things. And so it, it's speaking there of the perseverance. I know that you can tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You You have persevered and endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So how many of you know that right there, that's a really good report in the letter. But check this out. Way to go, Church of Ephesus. But right here, these are the red letter words of Jesus. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. So good report right up to that point. And I want to focus on this today because I believe that this applies to the Church of Hope Covenant Church, the church of today. Okay, the the Ephesians are doing a lot of good, but they're struggling spiritually. 
Now, I have noticed when I look at the Church of America right now, we've got some issues. Now, of course, we're made of people, and there is no perfect church out there. That includes and especially is this one. Anytime we deal with people, we know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the biggest sinner is talking to you right now, just so you know. That includes and especially me. Thank the Lord for Jesus who came to save us and rescue us. I thank God for that. But I want, to ref- I want my life to reflect hunger for God like this. And I know we struggle spiritually, but I, my desire is that Psalm 69 verse 9, zeal for your house consumes me. That I would have a zeal for the house of God. This is the house of God. We call this a church. What does that mean? We're a family. It's not about the building. It's not about the carpet. It's not about the chairs. It's not about the band and the production. This is about Jesus. This is about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Psalms 42, verse 1 to 2, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? You see that? There's a longing for God in that verse. Psalm 63, verse 1, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I want to say right there, earnestly, diligently, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched, weary land, there is no water. Where there is no water. In other words, he is like a cold glass of water on a hot summer day. Psalms 84 verse 2. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for the joy of the living God. That is the expression that I desire to have. But how many of you know in the repetition of life, sometimes it gets the better of you? It can suck your joy when you're dealing with life and you're dealing with situations, you're dealing with loss, you're dealing with sickness, you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with a challenge that's in front of you. It can can suck your joy, but I, I encourage you with this, that in scripture it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Why is that? Because my joy runs short, but his joy is never ending. It's abundant and it flows with life that when I tap into the presence of God, I can encounter the weights lifted and the joy of the Lord. It's a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That's why we start every service. You'll notice, I've been asked this before, why do you start with fast songs and then you kind of go into a place of intimacy? Because it's a praise that we start with, fast songs, we praise God. Not the fast songs necessarily or slow songs determine that, but we like to break through with happiness and joy, get a garment of praise for heaviness so that we can enter into the presence of the Lord and have an intimate time of worship and expression of his worthiness and his holiness. You tracking with me on that? The truth is we all go through seasons that don't always feel like what we just read in those verses in Psalms. Those verses of, of, of the goodness of God and the joy of the Lord. We don't always feel that necessarily. Thank God I'm not led by feelings, but I'm led by the Lord. Can I get an amen on that one? We go through seasons where we feel disconnected. We can go through seasons where we feel dry. Summer is a common time where I have people approaching me a lot in like July and August saying, I feel dry. I'm not sure why that is. And we're going to hit on that. If you take the foot off the gas pedal of pursuit with God, I can guarantee you're going to end up in a dry place. 
How do I navigate a spiritual rut? When we're in a spiritual rut, it, it affects absolutely everything. Our jobs are affected. Our marriages are affected. Our parenting is affected. Our attitudes, our confidence, our identity. All of these things are affected when we're, we're in a dry season or a spiritual rut that we feel. It's like, how do we dig out of this? And I want to encourage you that we're not the first people who have dealt with spiritual ruts. If you're dealing with one, I want to encourage you with this. I've told you before that the enemy loves to isolate. The devil loves to isolate you and make you feel like you're the only one. That's a lie. Spiritual ruts are very common throughout scripture. Moses dealt with a spiritual rut while he was in the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, I, I walk outside in North Carolina and I feel the heat and I'm like, ah, where's the air conditioning? He wandered 40 years in the wilderness, in the hot wilderness. Could you imagine that? Talk about a spiritual rut. Elijah was performing miracles like the one on Mount Carmel. If you remember, there was amazing signs and wonders that were happening through Elijah in the Bible. <laughs> but right after the scripture talks about how he dealt with a spiritual rut, how could he deal with a spiritual rut when he just experienced the power of God? How could I worship on Sunday morning and I'm the one dancing and shouting and screaming and then on Monday I'm like, oh God. It happens. It's life. It's, it's a reality. King David, he's a man after God's own heart, but he found himself in a, in a spiritual rut. And that actually led to a, a sexual affair. It led to, to a serious sexual issue that, that he had. So it led to sin. The list in the Bible goes on and on. It talks about Paul who dealt with a, a, a spiritual rut. The disciples that dealt with spiritual ruts. The, facts, the fact is, we all deal with spiritual ruts. You will not feel the overwhelming Shekinah glory of the Lord every single day. I want to just go ahead and tell you that. Which is why I encourage you to not be led by feelings. In other words, it's not that it's not accessible to us. It's that there are times where I just wake up and, and I need a hug. <laughs> there's just days where I wake up and there's, there's a mood. But the problem isn't necessarily the mood. The problem is when the mood turns into a mode. No, I've got an issue. And that's what we're going to talk about. So today I want to talk about what is a rut. What do we do when we experience a spiritual rut? How do we get out of a, a spiritual rut? A definition of a rut, and I want to give this sort of a pictorial to you, is a long, deep track made by repeated passage of wheels of vehicles. So um, last year, my dad bought a Jeep, and uh, I have jealousy issues, so I immediately went to the dealership the month after and bought a Jeep myself because I couldn't deal with it. Um, I, so I just want to be transparent. I have jealousy issues, and he, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. That whole song, is, that's kind of like my dad and I have like a little competition thing going on. But I, I know, I actually, I just wanted to join the Jeep club, so I bought a Jeep, and, and uh, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, um, I, would, I would go and, and off-road with with my, my cousin, he had a, a Bronco, which is not near as good as a Jeep. I'm sorry for all you Bronco fans out there, but, you know, I'm a Jeep guy, and it's, it's a club. Y'all don't have the wave that we have, just saying. Um, and I do love Broncos, actually. But we would go off-roading, and, and I learned some things about off-roading. When, when I was with my cousin, we would, we would go back into this body of water. There was a lake. It said no trespassing. We went back there anyway. I don't recommend that, but we were teenagers, uh, got in trouble, and learned, for, learned from our mistakes several times. Dad probably got some calls. Um, but I learned some things about a rut. Number one is I learned be alert 
and aware of what's ahead, what's coming. When you're driving your vehicle and you're off-roading, it's a time where you really want to pay attention to what's ahead of you because there's there's trees and there's windy, especially in North Carolina where it's mountainous and the terrain's like that. We got to be alert and you got to be aware of what's coming. And the second is that you need to keep moving when you feel like you're sinking. When you hit soft ground and you're in a, I remember there was one specific time we were in his Bronco and it had a lift kit and he, uh, he felt himself getting stuck and he panicked and we got out and we're looking at it and it's literally doing this while we're watching it down to where it was literally, uh, the axles were like level with the dirt. And I was like, oh my Lord, how are we going to get out of this? And then when the tow truck came, the, the tow truck driver was worried about bending the axle and pulling it out. So it became a serious issue. And, and so you've got to keep moving when you feel like you're sinking. Well, I want to say that the same thing is true when you're dealing with a spiritual rut that confronts you. You've got to be alert of what's coming, and you've got to keep moving spiritually. Don't halt and go, well, whatever, I'm in a rut. Can I get an amen? That's a really good pictorial I just gave. Y'all are an amen in me today. I'm telling you, this is good. This is a spiritual truth that will keep you on track. I love this definition of a rut. It's a habit or pattern of behavior that has become dull and unproductive, but is hard to change. Listen, it's, it's easy to get into a rut, but get out of a rut. Then now, now I'm calling the tow truck and, you know, I'm hoping that I have AAA so I don't have to pay for this thing. There's all kinds of issues when we get into a rut. I'm giving this off-roading analogy, number one, because I have a slight little bit of redneck in me and I love it. Number two, I think it's a really good pictorial of what happens to us spiritually, just like that natural example that I'm giving you. It takes no effort to get into a spiritual rut, but it takes a lot of effort to get out. The most beautiful thing that God has for us is, that, uh, is, and I believe this, the most beautiful things that God has for us are going to take tremendous effort, and it's going to take tremendous intentionality. It's going to take a plan that we have to have in the back of our minds that when we feel this thing coming, we're ready for it. Good. We can't let commonality become an excuse for regularity. Good. We can't allow the repetition of life to become so repetitive that, and so common and so familiar that we lose our bearing on our point of reference of where we are spiritually. Good. Two things about spiritual ruts. Number one is that they're common. And number two, spiritual ruts are normal to be in, but it's never okay to stay in. Good. Never give yourself permission to stay in that place. I'm not going to leave a Bronco just sitting there just because it's sunk. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to pull it out because it has value. I want to tell you that you have value to the Lord. And when you're in a spiritual rut, you got to slap yourself around a little bit and encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm not talking about being hard on yourself. I'm talking about you need to like, oh, no, we got to get out of this now. This could be a matter of life and death. In other words, we, we can give ourselves permission to say, I know all these people, when I say about commonality, we can't let commonality become an excuse for regularity. We can't give ourselves permission to say, I know these people that are dealing with a spiritual rut that are here, and so I'm going to give myself permission because that's the company I'm hanging around with. No, you got to go, no, 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 I don't care what they're dealing with. I'm pulling myself out of this. I'm going to lead this moment because only you are in charge of you. So when I see a close friend that's struggling with sin, I don't give myself permission with that very thing that they're struggling with. When I see a friend that I know is struggling with pornography, I don't go ahead and look at it myself and go, well, they're dealing with it. I'll deal with it too. No, I encourage myself in the Lord. 
You can't give yourself permission to sit in a rut. Sitting in a rut like David, it leads to a position of sin. You got to pull yourself out. The devil loves when we're in a spiritual rut because it keeps us ineffective and it keeps us insecure. Man, I can tell you that the happiest people that I know are the people that are pursuing holiness and pursuing the Lord. The most miserable people that I know are people that are in ruts that led to a place of deep sin and they're miserable and they deal with it every single day. And I go, I immediately know that that person is dealing with something that's crushing them down that they need freedom for. This church is about four things, and I like to say this every single week. Our vision, our, literally our purpose is that we would know God, that we would have an encounter like we did during worship, then that we would find freedom, freedom from things that keep us bound and keep us in sin and keep us depressed and keep us down, then that we would discover our purpose, the very being, the very reason why God created you as a person, and what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And then after that, that we would leave the, the, the four doors out there and that we would go into the world and there's this thing called the great commission where Jesus has called us to make a difference. I, I want to encourage you that when you're dealing with an issue the greatest way to get through the issue is to minister to somebody else so when I'm dealing with darkness and I go to the coffee shop and I'm dealing with depression, I go to the coffee shop and that barista is dealing with a moment where they're feeling down, I encourage them, I, I give them an encouraging word and I get to see joy explode in that person and it affects me and then all of a sudden I leave happy. Why? Because I wasn't a victim. I was a victor and I ministered to that person in the middle of my need. And I want to encourage you when you have a need, you give to somebody else and you watch what happens to you. The spiritual principle, you know, tithing is not just money. I mean, giving is not just, it's not just about the dollars. It's about how we treat people. I want to sow. Sowing is really the word sowing. I want to sow life into other people. 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Devouring happens in extended seasons of spiritual ruts. The enemy devours you when you feel like you're in a dry season if you're not careful. He's waiting for the moment where he can trip you up. He's waiting for the moment where you're disconnected from God. And he goes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> so how do we get into a spiritual rut? Here are some spiritual gauges that I, I want you to take notes on this. And we, as Patrick said, have you version. You can pull that up. It's an app. If you don't have it, just write this down if you would. We have some, some spiritual gauges I want to I give you to ask ourselves. Gauge one is, how am I spending my time? And I want to ask you a couple questions. Number one is, God a priority? Is, is God a priority for you? Is, is God a necessity for you? Number two is, God first in my day. Are we starting the morning by like, God, good morning. You know, he's a person. Good morning. Is God first in my family? Is God first in my business? Is God first in my finances? Is God first in my thoughts? Is God first? Period. I could just dot, dot, dot. Is God first? In every area of my life, neglect of God leads to spiritual ruts. That's why I'm asking those questions. You don't lose your salvation when you're in a spiritual rut, but you have certainly lost intimacy with God. Because there's no way when you're connected to Holy Spirit, the living being that you can communicate with and he communicates back to you. 
You can hear God, and we hear God in many different ways. We hear him through his word. Some of us can hear the audible voice of God at different times. There's many ways that we can hear from God. But when we neglect the voice of God, when we neglect time with God, we end up in a dry season or what we're calling here a rut. When you feel distant from God, it isn't because he moved away. It's because I did. I have here we did, but I want to personify it. If you feel dry, it's not because God moved from you. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's the verse that keeps that legal. He is always there. He is always accept- accessible. It's an unacceptable. Uh, well, I was getting tongue-tied. It says in Matthew that when we knock on the door, he answers. So he's accessible. The problem is, I think sometimes we forget to knock. And that's where I'm asking, is God a priority? Is he first? Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. You know, we want the goodness of God, but sometimes we want to skip over the moment where we marinate in his presence. You know, my dad is a, is a he makes amazing steaks. He makes amazing food in general. But the best steaks that he makes are the ones that marinate. He's got a seasoning and he's got a rub. And I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I feel the Lord. You know, I'm a foodie, so I love food. Just saying is all. But any steak that's really, really good, it's tender and it's been marinating. And so I want to encourage you. You seek first, marinate in the presence of God and all these things will be added to you. Gauge two, am I staying close to Jesus? Oftentimes, sin creates a barrier between us and Jesus. That's why it's know God, then find freedom. That comes when we know God, we then find freedom. Ephesians 4, verse 27, do not give the devil a foothold. Notice it doesn't say don't give the devil a wide open door. It says a foothold. If you know anything about a foothold, if you're a mountain climber, it's a small little notch in the mountain that gives you the ability to pull yourself up. And it says don't even give the devil a little opening, a little crack. It starts with a little bit. A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. What does that mean? Well, leaven, when bread rises, okay, just a little bit makes the bread rise quite a bit. Just a little bit of sin pollutes everything. And I know you're probably thinking, well, I know this. This is not very profound. It is very profound because if you're dealing with a spiritual rut, there are reasons why we need to identify them. It doesn't make us bad. It makes us strategic in that we have to get out of this rut. So don't even give the devil a foothold, according to Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 27. And then gauge three is, am I growing spiritually? And I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord, how long you've been a Christian. Are you growing spiritually? Because can I tell you that the entire time you are here on earth, there is never a moment where you should not be growing in the Lord. I don't care how mature you are in the Lord. There is a never-ending revelation that comes with the Bible, with Scripture. It never ends. There, I could read the same verse 30,000 times and still get revelation that's new and fresh for that day. If you aren't applying yourself to Scripture and learning about God and the things of God, you will become stagnant. And when you become stagnant, you will not encounter God and be awakened to the things of God, and you will end up in a rut. Where there is no growth, there's stagnation. Again, stagnation leads to a rut. Matthew 15, verse 8. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. If you turn on the news, you'll notice that one of the frustrations of this nation right now is political figures that are saying one thing and doing another. 
And it's easy to be critical of the political figures that are saying one thing and doing another. But I wonder how many of us identify as this in the Lord and living this lifestyle, but behind closed doors, we've got a completely different lifestyle that makes us no different than the politician that we're critical of. It's amazing the, 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 the attitude that we can have. It's like, well, no, false. And listen, I don't disagree. We got to fix that. We need honesty and integrity back. But it starts with us, the church. We have got to live a life of integrity and honesty. Don't criticize a political figure when you yourself have tons of hypocrisy. Let's take the log out of our own eye instead of the splinter out of the other person's. What politician is perfect? What pastor is perfect? What person is perfect? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So maybe you need to address the critical spirit and get out of the spiritual rut. Because a critical spirit can lead to sin as well. That was free, by the way. That was not in my notes. That just happened. Stuff just happens when we're up here. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So how do we get out of a spiritual rut? Here is a description that follows the message to the church of Ephesus and how to get out of this spiritual rut that we read about, that we just, we just found that point where he's like, hey, you, you have a spiritual condition here in Revelations 2.5. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. In other words, if you don't repent, you'll stay at the place you'll at, you're at and you will be be ineffective. That's basically what that verse is saying to the church. Like you got to move on and get out of this spiritual place that you're in where you've lost intimacy and you've lost alertness and you've lost an awakening and, and to the things of God. And as a result, you're losing joy. That's what that verse is saying. Now I want to dissect this. Check this out because this is really cool. So how do we get out of a spiritual rut? Let's dissect this verse. Revelations 2, 5. Consider how far you have fallen. Okay, that's the first part of that verse right there. So let's identify where we're at spiritually. Let's personify this. Look at yourself. Where am I at spiritually? And how distant am I from God in this moment? We've got to identify it. In order to get a plan, we've got to see exactly where we are right now in this moment. The number two, Revelation 2.5, what do we do? We identify, okay, I, I have not been regular in my time with the Lord. I have not been keeping the Sabbath holy. I have not been keeping my family a priority. Whatever it may be, I'm just giving you examples. We repent, number two, repent and do the things you did at first. So when we first accepted the Lord and we were passionate and we had a plethora of zeal, that was a $10 word right there. We had a ton of zeal for God. Go back to that first moment. Liz and I, we're just dealing with a marital, let's call it a discussion, a heated discussion maritally. And I went back to the moment where I remember falling in love with her. And I went back to the moment where I felt the butterflies and the blue sky, and I was excited to do life. And we talked, and we went back to the moment of our first crush that we had on each other. And our marriage is better now than ever before. Why? Because remember what we did at first? Remember when you first fell in love with that person? Man, we got to get back to that in our marriages, guys, because in the church, we should have the healthiest marriages ever and be an example to the world. Yeah, that's a good moment to say amen. Amen. There you go. We have to get to a place where we surrender to Jesus. Surrender our struggles to Jesus and dedicate yourself to changing. I said this a couple weeks ago that repent's not a dirty word. 
I'm sorry just simply means, God, I identify the issue, and now I want to change this. I'm not going back to this. I'm living differently. And you create an action plan, and we're going to get into that. Job 22, verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. I love this here. I hear a New York accent, so clean up your life. If you return to God, you'll be restored. So clean up your life. Clean up the things that you identify that are not right. This is very simple. We make this, and, and listen, and, and when, you're, when you're looking at somebody that you see is struggling, can we not be critical of people, but come around them and go, listen, I see you're dealing with this, but it's very simple. The Bible, join hands with them and just say, can we just repent right now? And just say this with me, repeat with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me and, and that you wash me clean. The Bible is very clear that when we repent of our sins, that he not only forgives, but he forgets so it never happened. So guys, as the church, we need to forgive people and forget it never happened I have people in ministry that I've had to forgive and forget it never happened and see them through the lens when you could pray for somebody who's hurt you when you could pray for somebody who's sinned against you that's how you know you're not struggling with bitterness when your heart gets excited about it I'm excited about this because that's freedom why would I want to keep an offender having authority over my heart or a, a, purse, a string on, in my heart and my emotions? They don't deserve that. No, I need to give this to the Lord and release it and surrender because it keeps me free. And then Revelation 2.5, do the things you did at first. We must take action. Thinking about or pondering getting out of a spiritual rut doesn't get you out of it. Every action begins with a decision like today. I am deciding I am getting out of a spiritual rut and here's the things I'm doing. I'm waking up tomorrow morning. I'm setting my alarm with a little note, spend time with Jesus. I do it. I, I have notes all over the place in my phone. I used to do post-its. Now, now we're, we do things a little differently. Every action begins with a decision. Let's make the decision today that we're going to move forward I'm committing to Christ in a new way, and I'm moving forward. So here's some action plans. And check this out. I want to break this down really easily. For those of you that are in a rut because of neglect, because there's different reasons we get in, in ruts. If you're, if you're in a rut because of neglect, let's prioritize God again. Let's get back into a daily routine of prayer and the word, and let's start serving God by ministering to and serving others like I was talking about before. In other words, get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes off of your circumstance. And then we've got to reinstate accountability. Liz is my accountability partner. We're married. But she keeps me on track. I can walk in and be in a bad mood. And she goes, honey, I love you, but you haven't been spending time with Jesus. I only know because you're grouchy. I know because you are like a cactus right now. I don't want to hug you. I'm afraid of what must stab me. And we love on each other that way. And rather than getting offended when she tells me that, I go, let me search my heart. David said that in Psalms. Search my heart, God. Search my heart, babe. Help me. Help me keep this clean. We help each other all the time. So reinstate accountability. For those of you that are in a rut because of sin, very simply, it's time to repent 
It's time to allow yourself to be restored. Guys, it takes a minute when you repent. You got to allow yourself to be restored. Allow God to do a work on your heart and then respond with obedience as you pull closer to Jesus. I've given this example before and I'll give it again for those of you that are new. My mom has this magnifying mirror. Liz has one too that's on the mirror in her bathroom. And when I get close to it, I can see all the the stuff that's in my pores. It's disgusting. And I, I look at it and I go, that's not what I look like. Oh, yeah, it is when I'm up close. When you get close to God, you will see some imperfections in your life that he'll show you because he loves you that much. And he doesn't show you to make you feel guilty. He shows you because when we repent and we say, I'm dedicating to change, man, what a difference it makes. He washes us from it and he cleans out our pores. It's very simple. It's time to return from something. It's time to turn from something rather and turn to Jesus. In other words, what is in the place of Jesus or blocking our time from Jesus, blocking time from his presence, it's time to turn from that and say, no more, I'm done. This is a part of my action plan. I am not going to, I'm not going to watch Hulu for four hours and spend 30 minutes with Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to level that out. I'm going to spend more time with Jesus and less time with Hulu. I mean, it's easy to sit in front of the tube and just watch that thing. It's not a tube anymore, but whatever. It's easy to watch a screen. It's easy to watch somebody's life on a, on a, on a movie. But I want to live my life, and I want to make an impact for God, and that's going to take a sacrifice. Yeah. And for those of you that are in a rut because of stagnation, very simply, you, you feel stagnant. You just feel spiritual, like, man, I, I need a kickstart. It's time to keep showing up. In other words, we've got to be diligent. It's time to change things up. In other words, you might need to get a new routine and change things up just because sometimes the mundane. It's like, I, 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 just the other day, I usually prepare messages in here, but I was just tired of the atmosphere. I needed a change because I'm a creative guy. So I went to a coffee shop in Uptown and it took me a little bit longer. I was like, I don't know if I want to drive there. I was like, no, 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 I need this. And you know what? I got so much accomplished when I actually sat down because I just needed a change of my routine. Some of us just need, you need to just change things up. It's very simple. And then it's time to initiate new growth. Press into God's word. Some of you need to get a new devotional. If you've been reading the same devotional, it's just like, you know what? I'm sick of this. Get a new devotional. Liz and I, we read Smith's Wigglesworth. That's a good one. We've got lots of resources here at the church. If you need something that's inspirational, that helps you with a plan and how to read the Bible, come approach us. We'll, we'll talk to you. We've got a, we're chock full of them. I'll even buy it for you if you can't afford one. We'll, I'll, I'll grab your Amazon account and buy it for you if you want, whatever you need me to do. But I want to encourage you that when, we don't need to stay in a rut, but we need to be careful of them when we feel them coming on and it happens to every one of us. But the enemy tries to lie to us and make us feel isolated like we're the only one that's dealing with this. And then lastly, and this is not in the notes, but I want to talk to you about this. I want to warn a lot of you here because I was praying on the way in and like, God, what is part of the reason why, why a lot of people are, are dealing with ruts? Because I feel like there's more than just this. And I feel like a lot of you are on an overload at the moment. I know a lot of you just identified with that when I said it. You're, you are on constant overload. There's constant, like 90 billion things that are hitting you. Those of you that are watching online, those of you that are listening on the podcast, you have got to prioritize what is the season for this 
And what is the season to get out of this? It's important to know when the beginning of a season is, and it's important to know when the end of a season is. And we've got to respond when God says it's the end of that season, we've got to be responsive to that and know, okay, I need to stop this now. If you're caught where there's 90,000 things that are hitting at you and you've got too much that's on your plate, ask the Lord, what things do I need to let go of? And if with the music playing in the background, they just want to, I want to bow our hearts and I want to close our eyes this morning. Because some of you, it's just very simple. It might not even be necessarily a sin issue as much as it is. There's too much coming at me. And you might not be able to control that, but you can certainly dedicate your attention and make a list and say, God, okay, here are some things that I've got on my plate. This doesn't need to be on there anymore. This doesn't need to be on there anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delegate this or I'm going to stop this. You're only one person. You only have one life. And I want to ask you, are you doing the things right now that'll make the biggest impact? And that was a word of the Lord, I believe, for so many of you that feel overwhelmed. There's things, some of you are like, well, I can't change that. I, I, I can't change that. No, but you can surrender it to God and say, Lord, I need help. And he's an ever-present help when we have a need. So, Father, I just right now, I pray over every person in here. Lord, that as we're pulling ourselves out of a position where we feel this lid that's on us, we feel stagnant, we feel like we're in a rut, we feel dry. I thank you, Lord, that you're pulling us out of that season. As we press into you, God, that you would begin. He says, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So, Father, we surrender and we even repent for taking on too much and neglecting you. And what we say when we repent is we're going to change that. So, Lord, give us wisdom in the things that you want us to change and how you want us to navigate our every day. And I thank you, God, that you're lifting every burden and every chain and every, every bit of heaviness that has come from just this, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Father, right now we rest in your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that you're lifting the burden. And I thank you, God, that you're giving clear direction to every person in here. And Father, right now, we just ask you for a change, very simply. And I want you to do this, every person in here, just, it's, it's, just, it's just a moment, just you and God. If you're at a place where you're like, yeah, I need that to change and I don't know how to do it, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, give me strategies, speak to me. You know, I, there's, there's a saying that he never gives us more than we can handle. And I, I've, I've many times felt like I've had things that are coming at me that are more than I can handle. But God develops character in me when I steward that moment and go, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And so if you're dealing with an impossible situation, you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with sickness, you're dealing with a potential death sentence of something that's in front of you or someone that's in front of you, and you're like, I don't know how to navigate this season. Well, there's a, there's a thing and there's a song that we sing, I surrender all. Lord, we surrender everything to you, and we no longer take on the cares and the weights of this world, but we trust in you no matter what it looks like. We know that when times are good, you're good. We know that when times are bad, you're still good. That doesn't change. 
And so, Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you that you're our comforter in this ever-present time where we need you to come and and gird and, and come around us in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen. Now, I want to tell you, if anybody that's here, I'm going to dismiss in just a second. But if you're dealing with an overwhelming situation and you're looking at it and you're like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm at my wits end with this. And you need somebody to agree with you. Listen, I want to pray with you. Just come and see us. Say, would you pray with me? Here's what's in front of me. Because the Bible's so clear that when two or three gather in his name, stuff happens. There's power in that. And I believe the power of God is here. Would you just give God a shout of praise if you believe his power is here? His power is here. You might not feel it, but believe it because it's here. And faith is believing in the things that we don't necessarily see. It's believing and knowing that God is who he says he is. That his power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness, and I thank you for a great week. Lord, I thank you that your power is is changing us, that your word is changing us. We hear your voice, we hear your word, and we respond to it in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen. Love you guys. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. We have a guest speaker, Keith Collins. Liz and I will be here. We'll be worshiping. We're super excited about it. This is a don't miss week. I want to encourage you. Keith is amazing, and we're excited about that. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.